0: to the Renegade Aviator Radio Show with David Costa. Well, here we go. Fly low, go fast, turn left. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Reno Air Races. And I'm recording this show during the qualifying sessions of the 2019 Steel National Championship Air Races. And although my radio audience will hear this during the final couple days of the event, the only event of its kind... Sort of like my radio show, nothing comes close to what we do here. If you're listening to my podcast version of the radio show, the 2019 races are already in the history books, but... Stay right where you are because this is not a blow-by-blow of the races like a sports announcer. This is not a conversation about this racer or that racer and not even about this airplane or that airplane. This is the Renegade Aviator Radio Show, so we dismiss the rules that would be expected and we go down the rabbit hole in a different way. So it doesn't matter if you're a diehard race fan or someone who's never even heard about the Reno Air Races. If that's possible, you will want to stay right here because I have some dirt to share with you. I have a story to tell. So buckle up your seatbelt and get comfortable. I think you'll get something out of what I'm about to tell you because it's personal. The Steel National Championship Air Races is the last event of its kind, carrying on the tradition of the Cleveland Air Races from the 20s, 30s, and 40s. In 1964, Bill Stead organized an air race near Reno, Nevada, and the Reno National Championship Air Races were born. The event that Bill Stead started in the Nevada desert more than 53 years ago is still going strong. The event has only been canceled once in September of 2001, when all the aircraft in the United States were grounded following the terrorist attacks in New York and Washington. It's held every September just north of Reno to steal. National Championship air races have become an institution for northern Nevada and aviation enthusiasts from all over the world. For one week in the high desert north of Reno, it becomes home to hundreds of aircraft, their pilots and crews, And over the past 10 years or so, rah-rah will say that they attracted more than a million spectators and generated more than $600 million for the region's economy. The event has six racing classes. Well, actually seven now, if you're looking at stall drags. Anyway, (laughs) the event has a bunch of static aircraft and military and flight demonstrations as well. So it is sort of an air show mixed in with an air race. If you missed last week's show, go to my podcast and listen to the episode on Stall Drags because you are seeing history in the making here and with a very similar beginning to this event in general and uh, other classes as well. But Renegade Aviators getting together to do something different that becomes a hit with pilots and fans alike. That's a Stall Drags. Take a look at that. Actually, listen to my podcast. Go find it. Search it on Google renegade avar and you will find me uh, but anyway what am i doing this week this week i want to give you a glimpse into my own path through aviation we do this every once in a while you want stories <laughs> oh man do i have stories some we can tell and some we will never speak of again but yep you guessed it i have a story to tell about the reno air races and it will not be what you expect I'm going to pull back the curtain because although my story is unique, I believe it's able to illustrate some key points that will be of value to you. There is a unique story for everyone and whatever it is that we choose to pursue, yet we sometimes want to believe that we are alone in our challenges. Yet I believe that we stand together in our challenges. Aviation is a passion, a hobby, and a profession that is full of of type A personalities. But then again, anything that requires excellence and has a high bar for performance does. The goal here, other than to entertain you each week, is also to be of some kind of service, to give something back to you, the listener and the fan. By the way, 888-366-5256. That is how you reach me. That is how you give me feedback. That is how I can reach back out to you. So 888-366-5256. All right, where do I start here? And I hope this all makes sense. My fascination with the Reno Air Races started back when I lived outside of Nevada. And I might get some of the details wrong here, but who cares? It's my show. So some of the details may be blurry. Here we go. I saw an ad for Miss America, P-51 Mustang, that was offering a way to fly the aircraft and if you were good enough to get to fly at Reno. And I had never even heard of the Reno Air Races, never cared about them, but that caught my eye. Not enough to do anything about it, by the way, but it sparked something. It sparked a little bit of something. I also had a pit special at the time and saw they had a biplane class. Another, hmm, interesting So fast forward some years, I was still an executive at an intensive care medical vice manufacturer and was going to be in Reno to meet with some clients during the Reno air races. So I figured, what the hell, bring my wife along and let's go see what this air race stuff is all about. By this time of my life, I had a decent number of flight hours, flown a bunch of different airplanes, had aerobatic time, warbird time, and air show experience. The races were new to me, and they were okay. I'd never seen them before. All of my Reno Air Race friends just threw their hands up in the air. All of you just heard me say that and go, they were okay? What do you mean they were okay, Costa? Are you nuts? Probably. Let me get to my point. Reno was starting to get exciting again. It had a low of uh, about 120,000 spectators in the mid-'90s. Attendance rose in 2000 to about 189,000, but still there remained one type of aircraft that was conspicuously absent from the race course, jet warbirds. And Reno might be the last great piston show, but a friend of mine, Rick Vandem, said, if we're going to keep racing, we have to increase the appeal of the venue and kids identify with jets, not Mustangs. That was Rick Vandem. He was the Air Boss and Director of Operations at the time. The race organizers wondered if recapturing Reno's former glory would require racing a new class of aircraft. So at the 2,000 races, the world went out to the crowd. And I was there. I remember this. After the climatic Gold Unlimited race on Sunday afternoon, there was going to be a jet exhibition race. And the question was... Would the crowd stick around the watch? So late on Sunday, three MiG-17s, one flown by Jimmy Leeward, an L-39 flown by Rick Vandem, a T-33 screamed onto the course. The MiG-17 pilots had been explicitly forbidden by the FAA to light off their afterburners, but that wasn't going to be the case. Unable to keep up, Jimmy Leeward at the back of the pack lit his afterburners and another 17 pilot did the same. The sound was deafening. I remember I was there. These jets were lighting fire out of the back of their tailpipes and they were going well over 500 miles an hour on those two final laps for the win. And the crowd, myself included, stood and went nuts, hooting and cheering. And even the unlimited piston guys found it exciting. So bring on the jets. There was only one problem. And this kind of free-for-all that made the exhibition race, there was problems, I guess. There was problems putting swept wing afterburning jets on the race course because jets come in all shapes and sizes. And don't let anybody ever tell you this. The jets are the fastest class out there. There's a speed limit for the jets, ladies and gentlemen, because the jets can go faster. However, they had to make things fair The jets have gone through their ups and downs. And here we are today where the jet class is the fastest class out at Reno. And it's the class that I choose to get involved with. I was jazzed. That was what I wanted to do. That was my goal. I had never owned a Warbird military jet. I'd always wanted to be a fighter pilot. Wow. Right? Here's a guy, a civilian nobody that flew a bunch of stuff but I figured I had the personality for it. I had a big ego. I figured I had the skill for it. I flew a lot of stuff. I didn't have a clue how to get into jet air racing. And my intent here today is not to give you a history lesson on the Reno air races. It's not my intention to go through and give you the whole step-by-step of how jets got started. But suffice it to say When you see your goal, when you see your passion, you know what it is, and that's what it was. All of a sudden, the pits I owned didn't matter. All of a sudden, the T-6 that I flew didn't matter. The DC-3 that I flew didn't matter. I needed to fly jets. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be right back. First segment comes up quick. Dave Costa, Renegade Aviator. Stay right there. This is Dave Costa, the Renegade Aviator, and I want to put a plug out for thousands of the local small airports all over this country. Chances are, wherever you live, there is a great airport right nearby. Go visit them and tell them that David Costa, the Renegade Aviator, sent you. These airports provide real value to local communities, and you will be amazed at who you will meet and what you will find there. But through it all, when there was doubt, I ate it up and spit it out. I faced it all, and I stood tall, and did it my way. Here he is, the host of the Renegade Aviator Radio Show. David Costa. (laughs) All right, David Costa, the renegade aviator, recording this episode during the 2019 Steel National Championship Air Races, or often referred to the Reno Air Races. That's the way I call it my show i can do what i want and if you missed the first segment that's too bad (laughs) no it's an easy way to catch up on what you may have missed and it's google simply google renegade av the number 8r renegade aviator and bang any number of outlets will pop up that have my radio show in the podcast version so if you are lonely and if you miss me You can take me with you and binge listen to all of my episodes. Imagine the thrill in your day if you could do that. Okay, race 707. Fast forward. I'm going to call this episode the saga of race 707 because buckle up. I'm going to give you some of the good, the bad, and ugly of air racing. I'm going to give you a perspective of going after goals, screwing up, owning all of it, and ignoring the naysayers and the blank holes and understanding the confusion and the criticism left in the wake of your life's flyby. Hope that made sense. And some of you that may be a target of my wrath, don't worry. No names, no excuses, no blame. I'm not going to point figures. But as a captain of my own life, I will own everything, good and bad, that I fly through because I'm still breathing and I can still make decisions. Therefore, my saga is not finished. And I hope you see some value in this in your life's journey as well. I was driving past an airport one day and a voice in my head said, pull over there and go see your friend. I did and two life moments transpired. The friend I went to see was unfortunately killed in a plane crash shortly after I went to see him. So somebody was telling me something and I'm sad for the loss. I really am. But I'm grateful to have been able to see him one more time. The other key thing was uh, seeing an open hangar and meeting someone who would eventually introduce me to the person who was of great help in getting me started in former military jets. I'd considered racing in the biplane class when I owned a Pitts. I'd considered racing in the T6 class when I was involved with an organization that had a T6. And I would have and still would love to race unlimited so if you own an unlimited airplane and want a really good tailwheel pilot to go race it call me. But fast forward I'm purposely skipping some of the steps here. I was provided an opportunity to race jets. For the good part of the story I'm going to mention a name. Thank you Rick Vandam, a jet class champion. Without Rick vandam I wouldn't have been able to save so many people off. Anyway, (laughs) let me uh, tell you all this much. Flying the aircraft is the easy part. It's the fun part. Owning and operating the aircraft, especially jet aircraft, is not for the weak of heart. And I won't go into this part. But during this period of great dreams, great goals, and great thoughts of racing around pylons, I ended up losing a ton, and that means a lot of zeros, a ton of money in real estate and other things. My faulty logic was to continue, right? My faulty logic was to continue despite these challenges and that I would find a way through this. Another thing was clear, my family was depending upon me to feed them and to keep a roof over their heads. I went from a highly paid executive of a medical device company to a real estate investor to a business owner with Sweat Equity as my only backer with a CEO, me. I'm chuckling as I say this, believing I could make a living as a full-time Jet Airshow pilot. And I haven't quit yet, by the way, but I had lunch a few months ago with a professional colleague of mine who was quick to point out that my business in the medical industry was far more profitable than my current journey. In true renegade aviator fashion, I looked at him, discounted all the common sense that he just gave me, and smiled, saying sure, but look at all the fun I'm having and look at all the mayhem left in my dust. Anyway, I digress, I get qualified in my new jet. I start to fly my new jet and reality hits again. Jets consume massive quantities of jet fuel and for some reason when you say the word jet, Money disappears from your bank account. I don't know how that happens. No problem, right? I'm a successful businessman. I'm going to find sponsors. I'm going to find a new business consulting clients, and I'm going to make this happen. This is what I do, man, sales and marketing. At the same time, I would have to feed my family from the day's flight instruction money in my little twin engine trainer, the mighty Piper Apache. Here I was, former exec, now doing flight instruction to feed my family unbelievable i never thought i would get to that point again but i would work at night early in the morning get up get to the plane get the plane ready just to keep it flying it's true story and i would use the money earned that day to go to the food store that was my biggest pride back then i could feed my family those of you complaining about how hard it is to get flight time get over it get out to the airport and fly When I first walked into the jet pits there were some who snubbed their noses at anybody who would dare enter this world without first being a military pilot. There were others who were extremely welcoming and to be honest with you how in the hell did I even know the difference? We make assumptions about people all the time and we're wrong sometimes and right sometimes and I've learned this so I say this a lot. Who cares? I don't know if the person I'm talking to is into what I'm saying or not. I don't know if they care or not. I simply have a responsibility to make my best assumptions and run with it, eyes wide open, and continue. And again, ladies and gentlemen, I always take time to mention people when the story is good. Phil Fogg was the president of the jet class at the time, and I was a nobody, but somebody willing to help. And Phil let me help. You know what my first job was as a new military jet pilot being a part of the jet class? My job was to stock and fill the coolers in the jet pits with soda, water, beer, etc. I was thrilled to do it. I was able to get a wristband and hang out with the crews in the pits. Was able to meet the people doing exactly what I wanted to be doing. Remember, I tell you each and every week, if you want to do something, show up. I was able to listen in on the briefings and learn. I knew a lot about flying airplanes. I had thousands of flight hours, but knew nothing of this environment. Was I humbled? You bet I was. Was I hurt when I was not given some lofty job title and role? I had no cash to fly. I had a jet, but it was not flying. I couldn't afford to fly it. The only thing that hurt me at the time was the reaction of my wife. Grief for not being home grief for not doing something cool and to her you know the air races were a waste of time and i was making a fool of myself and i suppose she was right and wrong at the same time but here was the reality at the time with my situation with what i had this was the choice that i made and i'm grateful to this day for that opportunity given the same set of circumstances i would make it again being of service ladies and gentlemen is not being a servant looking back this week goodwill that my future decisions would harm some of it my fault some of it not but you know what who cares we'll be right back david costa renegade aviator No, uh, I'm not just a dashingly handsome pilot without a big ego, (laughs) no. Hey, I'm a sales and marketing guy, too. Shocking, I know. This radio show and my jet air show act is fun, but it really is about exposure and sales for your business. Millions of impressions to the people who want to do business with you. 888-366-5256. 30 plus years of sales and marketing. Call me. Wow, I'm burning through some airtime, much like my TS-11 Iskra jet burns through jet fuel at a very rapid rate. Segment three, hope all this is remotely interesting. I tried to get race qualified three or four times. I lost count. Who cares? Each year, more embarrassed than the previous year. You know, the, hey, Dave, are you racing this year? Uh, well, no, I tried to do this or that, but, you know, who cares? Looking back, What bugs me more than anything is not answering to my peers. I owe them that. They actually don't need to know my sob story. And by a wide margin, the people that I have been blessed to work with, to fly with, to spend time with at the Reno Air Races have given me some of the best memories. The pain is the example that I leave for my girls. I remember one year, my youngest daughter, Katerina, drew me a picture A picture that this little girl at the time drew for me, she said, good luck, and I hope you race this year. As a parent, we want our kids to see us struggle, because it helps them build character. But they also need to see us win. It's our obligation to give them both. I spent about four seasons or five, I can't remember, putting Race 707 on the race course. I was involved with training a couple pilots that would go on to win championships, not because of my training, but because I was able to be of some service to them. And I would provide value to the jet glass by offering Race 707 out to pilots that needed to fly it. It was a good aircraft that had a proven track record. We managed it, crewed it, and I got to fly it before and after the races, but I was never able to be the race pilot. It still bugs me to this day. How many of your dreams and goals and things do you have that just keep bugging you? Well, are you going to quit? Are you going to give up? Or are you going to keep going? You know, I have something to add here as well. That race 707 was considered a slow jet. Big joke. L-29. <laughs> People chuckle. The L-29 Delphin, the slow jet, These jets fly the race course at 400 miles an hour approximately. So what do we learn here? Yep, so what? No matter what you do, no matter where you believe you are in life, someone will be faster, someone will have more money, someone will have more opportunities, or kick your ass despite fewer opportunities. So what? What are you going to do? Crumble because of a comment? Look at where we are today in society. Sticks and stones, baby. Anyway, I digress. My slow jet kept her Reno race pilots alive. She brought people back. She ran good. She never missed a trip around the pylons due to maintenance during race week. Me? Another story. My inability to fund my operation caused huge damage. Some of it deserved. Some of it not. Who cares? One year, I paid the money, signed up for PRS, started to fly, couldn't afford to fly. Something happened, personal-wise, dropped out. Everybody gets one bad. Most understood. Some snickered. Many said, who cares about Costa? Another year, signed up, no money, but was fortunate to be able to support another new race pilot who needed the jet to qualify as a jet class racer. Saving grace? Uh, Put me on some good terms again, but still some people snickered, but the word was getting out. I was flaky. Who knew if I would race or not? Another year, another pilot supported with some jet training and still here hanging in there, but not a race pilot. And sure, flying the jet and showing up at air shows, that was all cool. You know, I had a jet. I could point to it. I could say, yeah, that's my jet race 707, but I wasn't checking the box. The last pass through this BS, good airplane, had the money, broken airplane, used the substitute airplane to get started and told no. You know what, Costa? There's no time for you now because I had lost that integrity with my peers. We put out the jet one more year with a new racer and despite best efforts, wasn't good enough for him. Oh well, lost opportunity for who? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Not naming names. Holy crap. I need to start tying this all together for you because as we come into this next break, here is where I'm going with all this is that nobody really knows your struggles. So what? Most people will be happy to help you. Realize that everybody looks through things with their own perspective. So don't hold them accountable to your dreams. We'll be right back, David Costa, Renegade Aviator. Once I get you up there, where the air is rarefied, we'll just glide Hey, are you looking to buy or sell a jet aircraft? Give me a call, 888-366-5256. We can broker your current jet or turboprop, buyer's agents, management services that save you so much, it's like I'm working for free free consultations of course call my office leave a message get my personal call back 888-366-5256 renegade jets what else would i call it segment four. Holy cow, we're really moving fast here. Reno Air Races, Jet Class. This is David Costa. I am the Renegade Aviator. My experiences and my perceptions. My hope is that my story will inspire you to go after your big dreams. My hope is that you will view your challenges and setbacks as unique to you, but no different than the challenges that we all face. Most people sit around and they watch. Oh, they're the biggest experts in the world, our experts. Then there's the people that are out doing it, going after it, pushing hard, or maybe they appear just to have it all, or maybe they make it look so easy. And if you're somebody who sits back and watches, it doesn't make you a lazy or a bad person, but staying under the radar is safe. When you dare to step up, you will become a target. Getting involved in something like air racing or like any kind of high-performance endeavor requires a lot of moving pieces coming together. Air racing might seem like a hobby, but make no mistake, air racing is a business. And business runs on trust. Lose your trust, lose your business. You're going to stagnate your business or make your day a lot tougher than it needs to be. If you don't have integrity, and what does integrity mean, ladies and gentlemen? Integrity means doing what you say you will do. So if you don't tell anybody you're going to do anything, I guess you have integrity, right? I didn't I didn't commit to anything. But if you commit to something and you don't do it, nobody cares why unless you want a sob story and be treated like a little girl. But if you're a man, you need to stand up and face that fact that if you lose trust, you lose your business. Organizations have agendas, they have pecking orders, and egos. I said egos again because a-personality, air racing, we all have egos. I can tell you this, listen up, I've made huge mistakes and huge miscalculations. I've had my share of misunderstandings and failures and expectations. I've had great opportunities, and I will continue to have them as long as I continue to take steps forward. I'm not in competition with somebody else. I'm in competition with myself to do what I said I would do. When you look at the race teams out there, there's a different story for each of them. There are team owners with tons of cash where the race is just another fun event. There are teams where the owner of that aircraft has put everything they have in showing up. For every happy crew member, there's someone who was not included for various reasons and has their panties in a knot. There are crew who feel taken advantage of. There are crew who feel appreciated. And by no fault or measure of the team owner or the pilots, there are pilots who should be there and some who should not be. There are people involved in the event with a laser focus on safety Some focused on the fans and the event itself, and some are purely in it for themselves. So what? I'm not putting a value judgment on any of this here today. What I'm saying is situation normal. I'm a check-the-box kind of guy. My Air Race box is still not checked, ladies and gentlemen. Race 707 was RL29. Renegade Aviator came after flying for Liberty. Back in 2011, Race 707 was just Renegade, and it flew about 367 miles an hour. In 2012, Race 707, now flying for Liberty, made it into the Silver and was flying at about 375 miles an hour. In 2013, we didn't race, but we supplied the jet and crew to help Mike Steiger get ready to race when his race 55 was down. And Mike went on to become a gold champion in the jet class. Congratulations, Mike. In 2014, race 707, still flying for Liberty, helped Charlie Camilleri get ready to race his Miss Independence, who's still out there racing today as well and doing a great job. In 2016, Farnsworth, the same aircraft, qualified at about 392, but ended up racing at a slightly less speed And you know what? Boy, do we get grief for not having a fast L-29. Well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen, newsflash, L-29s are fast to some, but when you're at 400 miles an hour, it's not going to be a 500 mile an hour gold winner. Anyway, as a comparison to our current aircraft, the TS-11 Escra with a stock engine, we're good for about 420 miles an hour. But uh, we've been able to get Iskris up to about 440 miles an hour, putting these little jets into the gold. The little white check L29 Race 707 taught me a lot. It was my first jet warbird. It kept me safe during all kinds of flying, inverted and upright spins, low-level, high-speed, and aerobatics. For those that got to race my baby, this jet carried them safely around the race course and brought them back. The crew that served... Uh, There's a bunch of them, but I'm going to name three or four here. Jim Albano, Ty Erwin, John Vriable, and of course, my wife. I'm grateful. I know that you thought you guys were helping me out, and I hate when people tell me that. That's my problem, not yours. But I hope that you benefited as well. The dream and the thrill of the Reno Air Races cost me dearly. It cost me money for sure. It cost me something else more important to me, my integrity. Integrity is doing What you say you will do by not racing myself by my excuses, no matter how valid they might have been. I lost trust currency with my friends jumping in over my head. I looked foolish to my family and I received a bunch of BS from my peers, peers that most of the time had no idea what I was doing to make good on every promise, every goal and every intention. Then there are others who saw this, know the real story, and stood by me and will continue to stand by me. In the end, the responsibility to move forward is mine and mine alone. No matter what you do, no matter what you stand for, no matter who you are, some will call you a hero, some will call you a zero. Who cares? Wouldn't it be nice if you stated your goals, worked hard, And just smoothly progress towards them? Wouldn't it be fun? It sure looks like other people do that. Why not you and I? We think we know someone else's story and we don't. When you stand in the face of that huge goal in your life, you will succeed or you will fail. You will only be a loser if you quit. You will piss off people along the way and you will receive criticism. But if you persist, you will one day stand on the podium in front of your peers, and some will say, you made it look easy. We'll be right back. David Costa, Renegade Aviator. This is Dave Costa, the Renegade Aviator, and I want to put a plug out. For thousands of the local small airports all over this country. Chances are, wherever you live, there is a great airport right nearby. Go visit them and tell them that David Costa, the renegade aviator, sent you. These airports provide real value to local communities, and you will be amazed at who you will meet and what you will find there. So peace to folks i'm trying to move quick on this show an hour's not enough for me to monologue now you see why we have guests normally during each and every week but let me just wrap all this up look people are busy they're busy with their lives going after their goals and chasing their dreams or at least they should be so don't be so quick to think that other people are doing things to you for you or against you Simply observe and decide. That's the mark of a good captain. And you're the captain of your own aircraft, which is called your life. Their actions, other people's actions, are simply their actions. And you have to control your actions. That's the only thing you have control over. So before we worry or make opinions of the people around us, we better be damn sure that our actions or our motives, or our objectives are correct. You and I can only control our own behavior and our own actions. We teach pilots that no matter what, fly the airplane as far into the crash as possible. Their reactions, their decisions, their understanding of us is irrelevant. Let's say that again. Their reactions, their decisions, their understanding of us is irrelevant. Someone else's opinion of you is none of your business. Observe, decide, correct, and move on. This is your life. Be the captain. You are not in competition with anyone else, but you are obligated to live your life and not sit by like a passenger watching it happen. You know what we sometimes call passengers in the back of the airliner? Cattle. Moo. (laughs) Hey, you listened all the way to the end. For those of you who helped me, you know who you are. I'm grateful. Thank you. For those of you who I've disappointed or made angry, I am sorry. And I assure you that it wasn't done on purpose, at least most of the time. (laughs) And for those of you that have pissed me off... I forgive you, but sometimes if someone comes to your door and wants to take you for a ride in a long black Cadillac, be very, very careful. I am an Italian from New Jersey. Joking. Don't call. No red flag. Anyway, I hope that each of you listening right now can take a look at your wild and crazy goals, dreams, and passions and realize that although the exact nature of our challenges are unique, Our journey is not without a few bumps in the road. And no matter what anybody thinks, no matter what anybody might say behind your back, watch that guy. Watch that girl. Who cares? Smile and press on. This is David Costa. I am the Renegade Aviator. See ya. be ya.